blessings. Peace. Peace, peace. All right, we're going to try this again and again and again until we get it right. So, (laughs) once again, welcome to an episode of the Hood Health Podcast, where we talk about everything about the hood and health and every point in between. Today, I have with me as my guest, Denise Lopez, co-founder and co-owner of All Real Radio in Houston. Um, Anything else you'd like to say about yourself? Yes, I would also say that I'm a poet. I'm a poet and a writer here in Houston. Um, So even though I'm mostly a radio station personality and and a runner, I'm also um, an active participant in the poetry scene here in Houston, Texas. All right, that sounds peace. That sounds peace. Um, I just wanted to go in right away uh, to our topic. Uh, which is just the post Thanksgiving, you know, wrap up, you know, you as a, a you know, Mexican American lineage and myself, you know, black American, you know, I just wanted to come straight from the angle. Cause it's interesting that we're going to put it on the health plate because Thanksgiving is, is often that time where people get their gluttony on me and how much food they're going to, you know, push inside, you know, their stomach, you know, yes. um, but one thing I wanted to talk about is that you one of those kind of Mexican people, you know, which is that they don't eat pork. And I wanted to know how that came about, you know, how did your family take that, how that all go down? Okay, sure. Um, so the pork thing, um, it's been a couple of years now. As a matter of fact, I think it was counting and um, it's been almost, it's been almost 10 years. So yeah. Um, around 08, 09, um, I started to do some research just like online, of course, you know, learning about my history, learning about myself. I was on this like trajectory, just learning about being what it was to be, um, Mexican in Texas specifically, um, and in Houston. And then it turned into finding out about like all these pre-colonial ideas and especially diet and learning that vegetables were primary in the diet with like turkey and other things were more like pets and things of that nature than really consuming them um so i was on that trajectory then i bumped into some people from um of course the nation of gods and earths the five percenters and um, also just learning like the Muslim diet and things like this, looking at how people ate before um, kind of this Western idea of food came along. And um, so I just decided um, and also um, w- I was having my own health issues when I was about in my mid 20s. I was dealing with acid reflux um, pretty, pretty severely where I was having to take pills uh, of Zantac um, every morning, every night, just to be comfortable, like during the day and be able to sleep at night. And um, so I just decided to try it out um, from all the different things I'd heard um, about the pig and also the way that it was used, you know, by Europeans really. It was like a trash compactor eating, you know, whatever trash or debris was left out in the 
the streets for it and then the, just the process of the way that um, it's prepared now that just really grossed me out after a certain degree so I tried and um, got off pork and probably within the first three months I noticed that my inflammation of my esophagus my acid reflux had gone away had reversed I wasn't needing to take pills I wasn't having to avoid certain other foods like I was before I couldn't even drink milk without without the pain so that went away. Um, my skin changed. Other things changed. So I pretty much decided, you know, I'm not going to go back to having this on my plate. And um, it has been, it continues to be um, a place of like disruption for people, I think, in my life. Really? How, how, how so? How do you, how do you, um, how is it disruptive? Um for people in your life. <laughs> I know it sounds really yeah. real, right? It, I mean, it, it seems like, well, you know, the pork is such a big staple of the Mexican diet. It's perceived, you know, we have pork in everything and um, we put it even in the non, you know, non meat foods even. And so, you know, my family definitely was concerned with whether or not I was going to get uh, the right vitamins and nutrients or even the fats that I needed, you know. And this was kind of coming from really not a research place, but just, you know, just old ideologies and ways of yo, looking yeah, at Not to interrupt you, but ain't that, and, ain't that um, a bitch, yo? Like, what's crazy is, is that all of a sudden when you take out or transform your diet with one thing, all of a sudden everybody in the family becomes an expert you know on everything and not not just everything no, like they become an expert but they're also many times what's ref, you know like they themselves are not a reflection of health so like you put down the pork and then like you like your uncle who got oh, like yeah. half a leg cut off from diabetes you know what i'm saying you know hacking up half a lung it's like well, you both will die you know you know what i'm saying like that just be coming from like left field all of a sudden. You know, everybody's an expert all of a sudden, like you said, from a place of like no research. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. It's interesting. And I also find, like I said, it's it's such a space for like even when, you know, for my family one, you know, you know, I and it almost feels like an attack at times because people that know my diet and have now for years. You know, at times, if, you know, if they want to show me that I'm not uh, being accounted for in this situation, we'll still include pork or other things in the food. And I find it to be really interesting or like, um, or if I meet new people and things like that, sometimes it's like a joke. Um, being in grade school and being bullied, you know, because it's like I'm getting memes about pigs and bacon dancing on snapchat and stuff like that and that's like it's like haha you don't eat pork and you know or or somebody being like i'm gonna purposely eat this even though you've you've sat and kind of like tried to mentor me about why i shouldn't be consuming this 
so I just find a lot of backlash, like people saying I can absolutely not live without bacon. I can't go without chorizo, you know, in my life and stuff. And um, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's it's such a place of contention. I mean, like I've even been told, like, I make it harder for myself to settle down and find somebody to be with me because of my dietary like practices like i'm putting like another wedge in the you know, that, that, already that, that's, difficult that's a next level one you know what i'm saying so well it goes back really to what you know what we what you know you kind of brought up which is that in a lot of black and brown families you know food itself is is one of the, the few times that you know the family got to gets together is communal you know and, and you know despite you know how or what food is prepared yes. You know, many times, you know, traditionally it's done from a place of love, you know. So when you reject that, you know, you're rejecting, you know, the love of your family. I know when, mm, when yes. you know, when I got knowledge of myself, you know, when I was in high school and I um, decided that I wasn't going to eat, you know, the pig anymore. I was wild. I was wilding out. You know, I went home and I thought, you know, for me, of course, I got like quick fed <laughs> mentally all the information in terms of the detriment of, of eating pork and so i of course mm-hmm. wanted to quote unquote save my family you know i went home and i threw out all the pork out of the refrigerator you know and my yes. father basically let me know in no uncertain terms that you know <laughs> i don't have to eat it but um in this house you know while i was there until i get my own then um this wasn't going to go down like this you know, and it's interesting. In later years, you know, I was able to come in a different current and, and explain, mm-hmm. you know, to my family, and, and and many of them take heed on various different levels. Interesting now, you know, so my siblings have, right. have stepped back from it and everything, which I never thought would happen. Yet once again, the same way, like you said, like it, you know, it can, it, it comes from a place of love mm-hmm. and communal eating, but it can also be weaponized, which is crazy. You know, because it then just shows you how many different levels, you know, um, that we're addicted many times to 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 our own um, our bad health. We throw it on things like tradition, like you said, you know, pre-colonial mm-hmm. diet. You know, what I'm saying um, a great book. You know, for people that want to check that out from yeah. from a Mexican standpoint, is decolonize your diet. You know, um, and it, it it goes into you know pre-colonial food history. You know, that, that pig was yes. brought here by the Spanish. You know what I'm saying? And so all those hundreds of years before that, people were doing okay. You know? Same thing. Exactly. Yeah, same thing, you know, with, with you know, Black we Americans. Back, you know what I'm saying? We were um, that pig is a transport, you know, in terms of through, um, through slavery in terms of the slave diet. You know? So... Mm-hmm. Right. And what things became accessible to us. So it's so interesting to, yeah. I mean, once you get to that in that trajectory, it's definitely interesting to see the way that people react to you. I'm constantly surprised by it and how cherished it is, even though it's something that was um, forced upon us. Like we've forgotten, we've forgotten. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Lot, most deaf, you know? most deaf. And, you know? uh, um, and, 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 and like you said, like it's very say. unusual for, for, you know, black and brown people 
in general. Well, it's, it's getting better nowadays. You know, when I first, you know, came into knowledge, you know, as soon as you said anything about not eating pork and you were black, then you automatically must, you know, and ironically, there are other traditions in the black community that don't eat pork right. and, or don't eat meat. You know, like there's Jehovah Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. They have, you know, altered diets. Um, if you're if you're if you're Jewish, you know, you're not eating pork. You know, there's a whole it's a whole black Jewish tradition, you know, um, and of course, you know, five percent, you know, like mm. we're not eating pork, you know, so all these things right. are, you know, traditions. But it's interesting that, you know, from there are less traditions, mm. you know, uh, modern traditions in the in the brown community that don't eat pork. So I know as soon as, you know, you hit with the, you know, you don't eat pork. The next thing is like, yo, are you Muslim? You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, most most one. people do believe that go. I'm Muslim. That's definitely <laughs> like a good Muslim one. Muslim sympathizer. You know, on, on another thing about, you know, uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving, you know, the day of mourning, you know, National Genocide Day, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, that, like I said before, it, it is one of those feast days for us, you know, as black and brown people, because we, you know, we don't get these days off, you know, we come together, we eat, you know, despite the historical context. Um, and yes. it's not balanced by what historically used to happen with feasts, meaning that you, you had communities had periods of feast, but they also had periods of fasting. And that isn't usually you know, bonded to our communities anymore. Fasting is, mm, unless mm. you belong to a religious tradition that really, really practices that. Um, fasting isn't something that people do unless the doctor tells them, like, yo, lay off this for a while. You know? You know? Right. Absolutely. That is so true. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we. I find myself, like, I still have to participate. I don't have to participate, but I try to reflect on it as a day. I remember my ancestors, but also, um, you know, just as a day for my family. But um, one of my sisters uh, who is like half related to me, but just like you said, with your siblings, you were able to, you know, they, they eventually came around with the pork thing. So she's one of the ones that was like, okay, yeah, I get it, you know, and has implemented mm. it into her life. Mm. And um, she was like, let's go take a walk <laughs> after dinner. <laughs> she's like, yes, let's do that, please, you know. But, you know, the, uh, the park was a ghost town. So it wasn't like people were out there with their apple cider, or their water and drinking or, you know, drinking water and, and walking. Um, so that's definitely something to take into account you know the kinds of traditions that we are okay you know it's like yeah we want the gluttonous thing we want the excessive eating thing but we don't want you know we don't want to deal with um having to you know be conscientious right. or sacrifice thing, you know, like or, post, or challenge ourselves you know, i guess would be a hits, better way to you say know, it all of us and, and and you know part of it's due to you know the uh the hormones and chemical base that's in turkey and everything um but that itis or food coma hits you right after you know um and it will shut your whole body down you know after you after you finish stuff yourself so 
you know, being able to implement like, yo, let's get up and walk. Absolutely. Yo, it may seem minor, but that's a major thing because the reality is that, you know, black and brown people, we don't get to exercise in the way that we need to, you know, nowadays, you know, especially now that it used to be back in the day, you know, there was mm-hmm. one car, you know, if you had one car for a whole household. Now, you know, everybody in the household got a car. Now, you know, where, you know, the distance that we used to walk to go to the store, we're like, nah, we're going to get in the car and drive that way. You know, and so we get in and car, in cars, out of cars, in cars, out of cars. And so something so simple as walking, you know, is a major win. It's a win-win all the way around. Yeah, it definitely made a huge difference. And, you know, I was reflecting on the fact that a couple, the past couple of Thanksgiving days, I have walked at the park by my house, um, either before or after eating. Um, right. And it's, you know, it makes a world of difference. I didn't nap, like I didn't go into a coma. You know, I ended up coming back home and helping pick up mm-hmm. and all these other things. But um, yeah, they still had their ham, you know. I just had to um, <laughs> not really, I just had to kind of just stay out of the way while it was cooking. And I've kind of been able to work it out to where I can um, go out of the kitchen by the time it's going in towards the end of the meal. Because <laughs> usually it's already a pre-cooked thing and you kind of just need to heat it up and stuff. So I just excuse myself. <laughs> um but I, I, I definitely think that it, you right, know, it comes right, with a right. couple of things um, that you can't see until you're off of it, you know. Right. Well, uh, there's a lot of things, like a lot headaches, of things that, you know, a lot of ailments with that the we smell have of it. due to our diet, you know, yet, you know, the, the whole um, industry, food industry as it stands now, you know, kind of pushes those aside, those aside and doesn't connect those to your diet. So when, you know, many times, you know, people are feeling lethargic. People getting headaches. People are, are you know, um, getting uh, short-tempered. All these things many times have to do with diet, yet they're not connected to the diet. And so since they're not connected to the diet, they're automatically given an, a solution, which is take this pill, take this little syrup. You know what I'm saying? And, and this will handle your ailment. But it's always about getting to the root. You know, so the root ailments has to deal with with diet speaking of ailments or not speaking of ailments speaking of things that can fuck up you know you know your uh your whole ailment i don't know dialogue protocol i don't know whatever word i'm looking for right now um yo how long do you keep thanksgiving leftovers <laughs> how long? You, how long are you supposed to keep? Oh my god! How long are you asking me? You know, they probably mm-hmm. need to go out um, within the next day or two. After that, you're pushing it because, you know, like I said, I'm pretty much um, at this point, you know, it's a day that I mom takes a day off from being in the kitchen and the daughters take over. And we were taught um, (laughs) by my older sister a very good colonial menu to to create on Thanksgiving. So it's very traditional. It's not Mexican. 
I wouldn't say that it's Mexican at all. Like, there's no, you know, there's no presence of like tamales, menudo, sopa, nothing like that. Um, even tortillas, like we have biscuits, we have cornbread, uh, stuffing, you know, the turkey, the ham, the green bean casserole, corn peas, you know, the whole nine mashed potatoes. But I was reflecting on it and looking at the menu as well and noticing how there's a lot of meat incorporated into, like I said, not just the the meat things, but also the sides. So you're taking the turkey necks and the giblets and all the insides of the turkey and you're using that for the stuffing. You're also putting that in the gravy that goes over, slathered over everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like just that whole mix of food, that whole blend of food. Well, on, on, I, on one I, hand, you know, and, like and a me, at, two, you I know, with a plant strong diet, anymore. you know what I'm saying? You know. Um, you know, that's not my thing. Yet on one hand, it is part of indigenous traditions, mm-hmm. you know, black and brown, where every part of the animal is kind of getting used, you know. Um, so like, you know, the giblets, you know, in general, people don't yes. go to like Popeye's and go to KFC and order up some fried giblets. You know what I'm saying? They're throwing those they're throwing those inner organs away, you know, when actuality, those inner right. organs many times are concentrations of vitamins and minerals, you know, ain't my thing. You know, but but you know, it, it, it's interesting that on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. that at least with the turkey, <laughs> that they're being utilized. That being said, once you then also, you know, and this is just in general, anyone who cooks, you know, and, and really really knows this. Once you start mixing meat and vegetables, you know, the um, the staying power in terms of how long that they're going to be good for is going to get short. You know. You know, and and that's why traditionally what used to happen many times is that that turkey, you know, all that turkey just doesn't like sit there. Someone will make, I don't know, turkey salad or chicken salad or, or, you know, you'll make a soup or something. And traditionally, these are ways by which the the spoilage of the food would be halted or would be slowed down. You know, and many times nowadays people don't do that. They they just start keep eating off the food mm. forever and ever. Right. And they don't understand even with the refrigerator that that stuff is still spoiling. You know, it's still it's, it's still going down. You know, which once again starts to impact right, people's right. health. You know, people don't know the shelf life of much of the food that they eat. Mm. You know, food has shelf life whether, you know, it's in the store or in your house. You know, so um, these are all, you know, parts, things that we can learn more about mm-hmm. to, you know, I- increase our health. You know, and it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm going to go a little bit more in some podcasts more so about post Thanksgiving things. Better. But it's interesting that the period between Thanksgiving and New Year's, you know, New Year's is when people make their New Year's resolution and they join the gym and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, in between, we can have a lot of talks and dialogues about, mm. uh, you know, uh, things that can exit our health, you know? Well, we're Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I definitely feel that, um, and it might be interesting, it might be something to look into to find out, you know, why is it such a big deal around the holidays? Maybe this, the animal itself, um, you know, after 
it's been eating you know a little yeah. bit of everything all year round now it's like we gotta slaughter this pig before it <laughs> and eat this thing before it turns into so you know a totally disease-ridden thing like you never really know the way that um you know these things have been brought to the table for us that now mm-hmm. like because leading to now you know christmas time is the mala time and so for you know again like we would take a pig and use every part of the pig and if we were still doing it like a whole pig you know it'd be roasted in the oven or you know around a stick like it shows you know using the bones to line the um the pots for the tamales using the lard that falls off of the meat using the meat itself so every factor of it should be including the pig and um my family has graciously over the years um for christmas time mm-hmm. taken the the lard and the pig um out of the equation and that was definitely a transition yeah yeah no that's that's so, you know we we you know, used to it's, have it's, those it's big, possible, uh, <laughs> barbecue roasts, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, either, you know, the half, uh, the big hole in the ground, you know, where you would basically start the fire in the ground, put the pig in the ground, cover it up with mm-hmm. dirt and everything, let it cook in the earth, and then, un, you know, take it out. Or you would have the, uh, the half oil can joint, where you cut half the mm-hmm. giant oil cans and make a big, you know, grill for the pig and everything i mean part of it the reality is that thanksgiving in the context of american history is some fucked up shit you know what i'm saying yet the reality is is that a lot of the indigenous tribes even in the northeast they did have feasts around these times they had several different feasts you know um so having a feast during harvest time is normal you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 focusing on this one specific one as though right. you know this is the the, the say all end all when you know the reality for its founding it's false where that the problem kind of comes in the in the play. But harvest feasts are normal because it's the end of you know the growing season and you're harvesting everything and so you're gonna you're gonna take everything and you're gonna um, you're gonna have a feast. And then you're gonna you're gonna set up everything else to be put in the storage. So that means whether you know in the modern day times you're pickling it, you're canning it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Peace, you there? Yes. All right. So we just cut off real quick. Um, I, I figure out you know a little a little hack of the joint um, of the <laughs> app, which we'll get into the next time that we build. Uh, mostly that you gotta like take it away from your ear a little while then bring it back to your ear oh, you okay know? gotcha <laughs> that, it, it breaks up the uh the recording time of of everything but i was speaking you know just about in the harvest you know periods mm-hmm. that you know took the surplus and we had a feast yes. you know this is, this is what happened this is normal amongst you know all indigenous people worldwide and like i said that feast many times though it was, was paired with skills and fasting so that, you know, when you didn't have a lot, you were straight, you know, mm-hmm. and it also, you know, enables the, the body's health to be at its optimum and everything, you know, so I'm probably going to tack this on at like part two of our podcast. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> be, uh, it'll be real, real short, you know, uh, saying, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what we're talking about. 
know um yeah absolutely that's um and it's interesting because we don't have preservation practices anymore um and of course you know i mean i'm in houston and so of course 2017 was hurricane harvey and we're still dealing with so much of it and i was actually out um last night um at one of my one of my dj friends um gathering and bumped into some other artists that I knew and one of them shared that they struggled a whole lot and they're still trying to get on their feet after Harvey but you know he mentioned how like he realized they didn't have anything in their home to be ready for this right and they really didn't even think that they would be so affected and so they didn't really store food they didn't you know create you know anything they didn't have um things on preserve or anything like that and how you know he freaked out about it he was and you know how now they're you know doing their best to learn about survival tactics and things like that and i was just you know i'm thinking about um you know these workshops and these things that you could do and it's like what we got to learn these ways again because we have all the you know we it's all there for us to refine this information and um harvest time is a great time to learn about that like it's a time for new seeds it's a time to you know look at what has grown from what you've planted and be able to say what can i do with this now every part you know just like we were talking about every part of this corn you know corn can be utilized in one way or another and thinking about life and food in terms of that even when you're in like big cities and urban areas that you know at any given moment you could find where you're in a position where you don't have what you need um and not having the food that you need is a really scary place to be you know, it's, it it is is interesting that you mentioned that because you know for those who don't know, I live in the Northeast, I live in Connecticut. We've experienced our our share of hurricanes and of um, of uh, snowstorms that literally will take out, you know, the uh, electricity, you know, or you can be in, um, or it can like, you can't travel the streets real tough because power lines are down and they haven't been, you know, secured and shit like that, you know. And I remember in high school, Hurricane Gloria um, shut down, you know, the power grid, big portion of the city for a long time. It was it was incredible because I remember going out, you know, on my front porch in the middle of the night, no street lights, seeing the moon and the stars like it was like the first time, you know, <laughs> yet what was crazy is my mother and father, my, my father's from Kentucky, my mother's from Arizona, both grew up in the world. My, my father was born in a log cabin, my mother picked cotton growing up, you know, um, this is modern times in case people want to know like yeah my mother grew up picking cotton my father was born in a ball cap um <laughs> you know the science is though that they both they both carried those rural tendencies with them which is they may not always have um access to a whole bunch of stuff you know right absolutely like yeah and figuring those things out it's it's important it's an important thing you know so, I'm so hoping, oh go ahead go ahead no, no I was just gonna say, i'm hoping that people can you know think about 
going forward, you know, in all these disasters, because we have seen a lot, you know, right, this year, right, you know, and learn. Left and right. Yeah, it's coming, and um, it's important to be prepared. And you see the way that, you know, the power structures and media just doesn't really work to tell the stories of these people. Um, right. Tell our stories, you know. I mean, I have a radio station in Houston, and it was like really impactful to see the way that we were talking about things in a way that was very different from mainstream radio you know right. because they're in cohorts with you know red cross and all these other things and the you know jj watts of the world but we're dealing with you know real organizations that put their feet on the ground and what they're really seeing and people that um really lost their homes in this and we're 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 about to see a wave of gentrification you know that has of course it's always there it's always rearing its head but this storm almost helped um you know make this an even faster track for people that want to change the landscape of black, black and brown people you know so it's like i know people that have had homes in fifth ward you know where the ghetto boys came up that have been there their whole lives you know almost 30 years plus and now they're you know living in the back you know back parts of people's homes or in like efficiency with up to three people or more and right. um it's it, very it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy because i've seen that you know i've listened to radio shows and talked about you know people who are still displaced in other states living in hotels yeah you know yeah. and and it's not part of the the, the national dialogue anymore you know news doesn't have that staying time anymore um, yeah. on on major outlets you know um my father and mother you know what was so interesting is that they prepared us in ways that we didn't even realize they were preparing us like we always had a surplus of dry goods in my house we mm. always had canned goods in my house that weren't for oh we're going to make dinner tonight no the canned goods were for emergencies Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we always had that tucked away. I didn't realize, but we had like four or five lamps in our house that had kerosene. Mm. I thought they were just nice decoration. Right. You know what I'm saying? Those shits popped off when we didn't have electricity for a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had the grill. You know what I'm saying? Go in the backyard and cook it on the grill. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they were prepared, you know? But like you said, this, this level now of um, what is happening it's basically going to put gentrification on steroids mm, yes. and it's not just happening it's it, you know it's ha it, it happened in new orleans it's 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 happening in houston and it hella definitely is going to happen in puerto rico yes absolutely it's going to be like the new destination for <laughs> for yeah. spring break <laughs> yeah no definitely definitely and it's crazy that you, you you were talking about being a news organization that was telling a different narrative than major news outlets i there's a group out of Houston, actually, I think. Uh, the Black Cross? Yeah. Uh, with them? Well, yes. Um, somewhat. I don't know anyone personally, but I, I did push out some of the stuff that was that was coming about. <laughs> I did hear about that. And I I really... Some people that did some no, black, no Red Cross work. Uh-huh. They yeah, had they created a website like noredcross.org or something like that. And it's crazy because I was reading one of the, uh, the interviews with one of the one of the the brothers from uh, from the Black Cross, and they were 
you know, they got some stuff over to Puerto Rico. And, you know, they organized because of what happened in Houston mm-hmm. to address issues in Houston. And then they, they lent their support to Puerto Rico. And it was interesting because they got some, they got a whole bunch of stuff to uh, Puerto Rico. And people were like, people were asking them, yo, how did you get in, like, in the interior, different places and stuff? Mm-hmm. They were like, um, well, we just, we just built with uh, an ex-convict and a cook. <laughs> like, like they built with the people who knew how to get it to where it needed to go. Exactly. You know? and, and that's what we are right now. You got to build with the people who need, who, who can address the issues that are out there. You know, I don't want this second segment. I'm looking. I want, I don't want it to pop off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the other one. Yet I do want to, um, I do want to uh, just kind of put out there as a spark, you know, that we working to, to, to get hood health down to Houston to do, yes. you know, some talks on decolonizing health and also radical yes. self-care. You know, I just want to put that bug out in the end. Right? Mm-hmm. It's coming. Absolutely. It's, it's coming. coming. Yes. So, <laughs> and, uh, um, and we need it and it's time, you know, and I'm really hoping, you know, just to bring it back around, but I'm hoping that people again, you know, take these, this time, it's holiday time, it's that family time and everything. But, you know, just like on my own show, I talked about this last week, um, take some time to, to sit down and learn about the different tribes that were maybe like in your area and maybe a little bit about how they did you know how they lived and what their lifestyle was like during this harvest time right you know and it's the right time to mimic those things you know um i find so many people that once they give up pork or they give up meat or they give up dairy you know they notice a significant change in their you know life and you owe it to yourself to be as optimal as possible. And we forget those things and our ailments and other things. Like you think that that, you know, pain that you have in your, you know, waist that goes, shoots down to your foot is just a, a you know, a sign of old age, but it may actually be connected to something that you're eating right. in your diet, you know? So it's just, it's an, it's an important time for it. And, I'm a big person that's on, you know, a minimalist type of person. So it's like figure out how to survive in a way that is so minimalistic that you almost can fall off of the grid with it. Um, And when people come at you and they attack you in your health care and they attack your housing and, you know, your land and things like that, that you can still be like, I'm good because I've trained myself to practically you know just in the extreme you know i can drink water all day and be all right but some people can do that stuff you know you can get to that place but you know to be that independent with yourself it's very wealthy it's a wealthy place to be you know so we strive for it you know like i said coming off of a a turkey weekend a turkey week because i'm still in a transition but you know even my father today said, I don't think I want to do turkey next year. And that's huge. Right. Because 10 years ago, that would not have been a discussion. And the fact that they've cut, you know, 
the ham and the pork chops and all these other things out of the diet in a big way, even though it still makes its way into the house here and there, but in small ways that, you know, it's like people, you know, we're, we're getting it and we are influencing um, the people around us, whether they want to give us the kudos or not. Right, 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 right. No, definitely. You know, it is what it is. We got to do what we got to do. And it's all on us, you know. It's all okay. the solution is all within us, you know. Yo, Denise, yo, thank you for coming through. Um, yes. We're gonna have you again. You know. Thank you. Um, and like I said, we're gonna get that dope conference down your way, which is the colonization of, of people everywhere. We're gonna make that that happen. And um we're just gonna keep it all moving. You know. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I always look forward. You bring out a whole you give me enough context for for months and months to work with believe yeah, it's all these all right so everyone you know tap in you know keep checking out the hood health um podcast and also check out all real radio you know yes. you can find online and also on their app and um yeah check for us all yeah right. stay tuned all right, peace, peace.